morning. Good morning. Y'all come on in. Say good morning to me. Let me know that you're up with me. Let, let me know that you're up with me. Try to get this to stop falling. Come on. Let me know that you're up with me. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. I will give you all, well, I'll give some, a few to log in. But I, I think, yeah, I'm going to give you all a few minutes to log in. Um. On the third day. Jesus rose. And I've, I've been told and I've heard that things happen in three days. Things happen in three. You must understand that Jesus is the life. He died. He rose for us so that we would have a right to the tree of life. So that we would be able to experience the goodness of the Lord. The gospel of the word. While living in a world that's full of hate, full of confusion, full of stuff, full of bad people. But the world is, and even though the world is full of those things or full of those people, we still live in a world where there is good people, where there is righteous people. Everybody is not bad. Some has already risen and some are sleeping. So those who are sleeping, when Jesus comes to crack the sky, the dead in Christ shall rise first. And so what well, we have to understand, those are, are those that are here, it's time to wake up. It's time to rise up. It's time to get up. It's past time. You know, we've allowed things to keep us asleep. We've allowed things to keep us down. And so this morning, as I got up and, you know, during these last few months, um, so much has happened. Um, betrayal has happened. Um, chaos has happened. Drama has happened. Um, situations that were unexplainable has happened. Um, Things that we could not even predict, you know, has happened. But here we are again, another year, being able to see the righteousness of the Lord, being able to see his hand, being able to experience his presence, uh, being able to still wake up to see another day and, and not allow the things and, and not allow people to keep us down or... Um, pushes away, but but following 
Jesus with every might in our in our in our minds, every might of our strength that that it has come from Jesus. And so, yes, I say today is a good day for resurrection and restoration. Some of you have been sleep too long. Some of you are still down too long. It's time to arise. It's time to get up. Jesus came to so that we would have a right to the tree of life. He came so that we could hear a word. He came so that we could experience his power, experience his salvation, experience his touch. And so many times, because some things are just so hard and so unbearable, we think that we can't get up. We think that we can't move. Some things comes to happen in our lives that keeps us numb. It keeps us broken. It keeps us hurt. It keeps us as if we just can't live on any longer. But in these last three days, on on, on Friday, or you know, uh, Jesus was being on the cross. He was being crucified. You know. Um, they, it started out as a, a betrayal of a kiss. It, it started out, actually it started, can let's just be real with it. It started out the day that he was born. The enemy had been trying to kill him from day one. And it's amazing how we have to understand that yes, there will be some people that will go out into this world and will, and will try to kill us because of who we are. They will try to kill us because of who we serve. They will try to kill us and keep us down and not allow the word of God to, to go forward. They will kill us. And, and they have been trying to kill Jesus from the moment that he was born, from the moment they found out that prophecy had came to pass. And a lot of times, you know, God tells us in Jeremiah 1 and 5, that before we were in the womb, he knew us, you know, and we, before we came out, he sanctified us, you know. Um, listen, Jeremiah 1 and 5 tells us that before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you. And I ordained you a prophet unto the nations, right? And then we look at Isaiah. We look at Isaiah chapter 53. And it says, who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form no comeliness and when we shall see him there is no beauty that we should desire him he is despised and rejected of men a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief and we hid <laughs> and we hid as it were our faces from him he was despised and we esteemed him not surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes 
We are healed. But see, it goes beyond that because verse 6 says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shears is dumb. So he continued to open not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment and we shall declare his generation for he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people was he stricken and he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence neither was any deceit in his mouth yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him he has put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin he shall see his seed he shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Isaiah went on to say, he shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied by his knowledge. Shall my righteous servant justify many for he shall bear their iniquities. And verse 12 says, therefore, will I divide him a portion with the great and he shall divide the spoil with the strong because he hath poured out his soul unto death and he was numbered with the transgressors and he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors and what you have to understand is Jesus is still bearing the pain still bearing the betrayal still bearing the hurt still bearing the misunderstandings from people he is still bearing because he still left his spirit with us. And when we don't have his spirit, then we don't understand the compassion. We don't understand the caring. We don't understand the suffering. We don't understand the struggle. We don't understand the, 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 all of the, the situations, the sufferings that has happened. Because we refuse to take on his spirit. We refuse to pick up our cross. We refuse to follow him. And when he was here, he showed us, he led us, he directed us, he healed us. And I said us because whether it was from, it said from generation to generation, our, our ancestors, the ones that had seen the afflictions of the righteous, the ones that have seen the sinners, the ones that had seen all of these things and came and continued to teach us and to continue to show us singing psalms and going to the house of God and worshiping him. And here we are today in 2022 and this whole world still, some still don't know who Jesus Christ is. They still don't know what he endured. And we have to understand that Jesus endured his suffering for us patiently and voluntarily. He never said a mumbling word. He never complained. He took it. He took it not just for himself, but he took it for you. He took it for me. He took it for the sinners. He took it for those who were transgressing against the law. He took it for the sinners 
who refused to come out of wickedness. He took it for his natural parents. He took it for his disciples. He took it. He even took it for those who have betrayed him. So what we have to understand is we have to understand that the phrase that Isaiah was giving us may just have simply indicated that Jesus Christ would die alongside the wicked or that the Roman soldiers intended to bury him with two thieves. Yet, as here prophesied, he was buried in the grave of a rich man. And see, and it's, it's so, they, they didn't even believe. They didn't even realize that prophecy has had gone forth. They didn't realize that everything that he had said, everything that he had taught was truth. Can, there, who, it, it's been stated, surely he was the son of God. So you mean to tell me that people really have to die before people will realize that they were a woman of faith. They were a man of God. They were this. They were that. Nobody should have to go through such suffering just to prove what is right, just to prove what it is. But Jesus, in all of that, Jesus was letting us know in 54 and 4, fear not, but you shall not be ashamed, neither be thou confounded, but you shall not be put to shame, but you shall forget the shame of your youth and shall not remember the reproach of the wicked, of the widowhood anymore. For thy maker is thine husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and thy redeemer of the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. For the Lord hath called you as a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit and a wife of youth when thou wast refused, says thy God. For a small moment have I forsaken thee, but with great mercies will I gather thee. In a little wrath I hid my face from thee for a moment, but with everlasting kindness will I have mercy on you saith the Lord thy Redeemer. For this is as the waters of Noah unto me. For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah should no more go over the earth, so, I, so have I sworn that I would not be wroth with you nor rebuke you. For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed. But my kindness shall not depart from you, neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, saith the Lord that hath mercy, that hath mercy on you. O oh, you afflicted, help me, Jesus, tossed with tempest and not comforted. Behold, good morning, Evangelist Pinson. I will lay thy stones with fair colors and lay thy foundations with sapphires. And I will make thy widows of a gates, and thy gates of carbuncles, and all thy borders of pleasant stones. And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. In righteousness shalt thou be established, though shalt be far from oppression. For thou shalt not fear, and from terror, for it shall not come near you. 
Behold, observe. Lord, help me, Jesus. Behold means to observe. They shall surely gather together, but not by me. Whosoever shall gather together against thee shall fail, shall fall for thy sake. Behold, I have created the smith that continues to blow the coals in the fire and that continues to bring forth an instrument for his work. And I have created the waster to destroy. And Isaiah 54 and 17 right here. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise up against you in judgment shall be condemned. This is the inheritance. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. So we have to understand, and I need to give y'all that. So y'all go back and y'all read that so that y'all will understand the purpose. The purpose. Um, sorry, let me give y'all Isaiah 53. It's because you have to literally understand his purpose. Because some of you are still suffering in some areas. And some of you are going to feel like you're just not going to come out. You're just not going to be better. But it's time to rise up. It, it is time to rise. It is time to rise up. I need to give you out this scripture. Hold on. Um, I read to you 1 through 17. You need to go back. And you need to read that. Amen. So now we're moving forward. And I want to give you um, the message of the Lord that he had given me. Because what I want you all to understand. Those that are going to get up from here. Get up from there. Get up from that. You need to be healed. You need to be set free. You need to be delivered. You need strength. You need joy. You need peace. You need happiness. You need a break. You need a moment. You need some time. Listen, we all say, take all the time that you need, but don't take too much time and miss time. Don't take too much time and miss your time for every, for every purpose under the heaven. For every purpose under the sun, there is a season. Romans 8 and 28. For those who love the Lord, who loves God. That, that, that it's, it's, it's for his purpose. It's for his plan. I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's early in the morning. My brain is not up functioning yet. So um, Romans 8. So let me just go ahead and, 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 and read it the way it is. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Jesus had purpose. Jesus had an assignment. And he loved his father. He loved God. So he understood. And everything that he went through was for the good. Everything that you're going through is for the good. You may, listen, if it's bad, it's all good. 
If it's a struggle, it's all good. It's all good. So, um, oh God, I thank you for the introduction. Lord God, I thank you on this morning for waking me up, closing my right mind with the activities of my limbs. Lord God, I thank you for being with me. God, I thank you for your salvation. God, I thank you for your healing and your deliverance. Lord God, I thank you for saving me. God, I thank you for not just saving me when you died on the cross, but on the cross. But God, I thank you for saving me from my sin, from my faults, from my from my enemies, from my struggle. God, I thank you for restoring me. I thank you for raising me up, Lord God. I thank you for picking me up out of my out of my pits. God, I thank you for picking me up out of my mess. God, I thank you for picking me up out of my dark place. God, I thank you for allowing me to arise. God, I thank you for allowing me to, to touch your garment. God, I thank you for allowing me to have an opportunity to the tree of life to be with you when my time comes, when my name is called. God, I thank you for all for every struggle, for every issue, from for, from for every situation. God, I thank you for my trials and my tribulations. God, I thank you for my wilderness experiences. God, I thank you for my valleys. God, I thank you for my highs and my lows. God, I thank you for the goods and the bads. God, I thank you for drawing me with your loving kindness. God, I thank you that on this day in 1996 that I received your love, that I received your salvation. But even then, when I still wasn't separate, you did not give up on me. You did not give up on me. I thank you, God, for in 2006 that you had filled me with your true repentance, that you have filled me with your true forgiveness, that you have filled me with, with, your, with your true power. And I was able to receive the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I was able to receive salvation with, with example, with, with, with the experiences. God, I thank you for saving me. I thank you for restoring me. God, I thank you for resurrecting me. God, I thank you for bringing me out of my dark place. I thank you for bringing me out of suicide. God, I thank you for bringing me out of hurt and betrayal. God, I thank you because if I would have not held the foundation that you had placed me in, I would have not been able to see. I would not be able to hear. I would not be able to speak. I would not be able to live. I would not been able to walk. God, I would not been able to, to understand everything that had gone before me, that had come from after me, that I dealt with in my past. That you have brought me through molestation. You have, brought, you have brought me through rape. You have brought me through betrayal. You have brought me through sadness. You have brought me through so much stuff from so many people, God. And on today, God, as I wake up, as I woke up on this morning, Lord God, and I begin to worship you, and I begin to praise you, Lord God, in spirit and in truth. I begin to worship you in spirit and in truth. I begin to praise you with songs and singing, Lord God. And I thank you for the devotion emotional times that I've spent with you, Lord God. God, I thank you for allowing me to even be in your house. I thank you, Lord God, for my sanctuary. God, I thank you, Jesus. So God, on today, I thank you because this is the day that you have made and I will continue to rejoice and be glad in it because I know what you have done for me and I know what you have done for my family and I know what you have done in my health and I know what you have done in my mind and I I know what you have done in my spirit and God I still thank you and I still love you more today than yesterday Lord God
God. And I thank you that in 2006 that I have not backslid and I have not turned my face back from off of you, Lord God. And I thank you for every struggle that I had to reach out and call your name. And you came and you saw about me, Lord God. And you helped me out of my struggles. And you've helped me out of situations, Lord God. And you have given me strength, Lord God. And you have given me peace, Lord God. And you have given me your spirit, Lord God. So yes, Lord God, on today, I thank you, God, because of 1996, I began my journey. And that journey was hard. And that journey was unbearable. And that journey was just undescribable. But you held on to me, Lord God. And you told me if I just hold on just a little while longer, that I would be able to understand by and by. And I did, Lord. And I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for every strike that you took for me. I thank you for every every nail that you took for me. God, I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for recognizing that you can't take you for granted. I, I thank you for allowing me to recognize that, yes, you are a loving God, but you're also a judging God as well. And so, God, I thank you for the word that I put into my mind every day, that I put into my heart every day, that I put into my mouth every day, that I put into my words every day, that I put into my children every day, that I put into my Godchildren every day, that I put into everybody that I come in contact with. I give them your word. I spread the gospel. And so God, without you, I cannot do anything. But with you, God, I can do all things. So God, on today, I'm making it personal because I had to be resurrected. I had to be, I had to be restored. I had to be reborn again. Oh God, I thank you. So God, on today, continue to Bless me. Continue to use me. Continue to heal me from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. Continue to allow me to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Bless going in and bless coming out, Lord God. That I will continue to take a stand for you because you took a nail for me. That I will continue to take a stand for you because you took a nail for me. I will continue to stand for you because you took a nail for me. Jesus, I thank you. I thank you that you have adopted me into your family. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you for creating me a clean heart and renewing the right spirit within me. So, Lord Jesus, I ask you on today that everybody that watches this, that everybody that listens to this, they will make today a new day for them. And you will give them new mercies and you will bring salvation to them. That you will heal them in every area of their mind, every area of their body. If they're oppressed, we rebuke it. If they're depressed, we rebuke it. If they're hurt, we rebuke it. If they're unsaved, we rebuke it. Yes, we rebuke it. We speak peace to the storm, peace to their mind, peace to their heart. In the mighty name of Jesus, that you will give them the power and the authority to speak life. You give them the power and the authority to speak over their bodies. You give them the power and the authority to lay hands on their mind, to lay hands on their bodies, to lay hands on their heart. That you will bring newness to them. That they will no longer be the old, but they will be the new because of the creator. Our God, our Father, who is in heaven. So we thank you for raising for us. We thank you for living. We thank you for dying. And we thank you for raising up for us. 
in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for showing them that the blood still works. Thank you for allowing me to be an example before them. The, the, the experiences that I experienced that, that I can share with them. The light of my testimony will show them that they don't have to stay in darkness. That they can rise up, go, and sin no more. They can rise up and go and hurt no more. They can rise up and go and be free and delivered in the mighty name of Jesus. So God, I thank you. I bless you. I glorify you in the mighty name of Jesus. Everyone that is watching publicly, bless them, Lord God. Everybody that's watching publicly, bless them, Lord God. God, we thank you, and I love you, and I bless your name, and I glorify you. And in the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, in Jesus' name I pray. We love you, Lord. We love you, God. We love you, Jesus. You are the Lord of Lords. You are Alpha and Omega. You are the beginning and the end. You are King of Kings. You're the lily in the valley. You're our banner. You're our refuge. You're our safe place. Thank you. Thank you. Today, I thank you. Today, some thank you for rising for us, for dying for us, for living for us. Thank you. God, thank you for sending your only begotten son to come down voluntarily, to be bruised for our iniquities, to, be, to, to hurt for our transgressions. We thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Good morning, Brother Chauncey. Good morning, Christy. I love you. Good morning to all of you that are watching. And we're going to go forth in the name. And I'm going to give you Luke. I'm going to go ahead and put this in here. Y'all know to go back and watch it. Luke 24. And we're going to read Luke 24 and John... John 20. Go ahead and put that in there. So Luke chapter 24, and I am going to um, read through this, and then I'm going to go right into John, because a lot of times we're not healed because of doubt. A lot of times we're not healed because we don't believe. A lot of times we're not healed because of, of, of the, the hurt is so bad. And, and we just don't believe. We don't have faith, right? But before we get to that, um, again, I want to let you all know that um, Jesus rose and so can you. Do you want to rise? Do you want to wake up? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be free? Do you want to be delivered? Do you want to receive deliverance? Do you want to receive salvation? What do you want to be? What needs to be resurrected and restored? I'm not talking about um, we, we need to kill off those things that we don't need. We need to kill off those things that, that, that the Lord doesn't want us to have. But what is it that needs to be resurrected? What is it that needs to be restored? Does your peace need to be resurrected? Does your joy need to be resurrected? Does your heart need to be resurrected? Does your, does your mind need to be resurrected? Whatever, whatever it is that you need resurrected, start moving towards restoration. Start allowing um, the repairing to take place, the rebuilding to take place. Reconstruction can happen, but sometimes we got to tear down that old flesh 
We got to tear down that old building. We got to tear down that old wall and start rebuilding new walls. Rebuilding. <laughs> rebuilding. Having your mind to be rebuilt. Having to, your heart to be reconstructed. Lord, help me, Jesus. Lord, help me, help me, help me. Listen, so John 24. We're going to walk through this. Now, upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared, and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed, thereabout, observing two men that stood by them in their shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, that means they begin to humble themselves. They begin to reverence. They begin to show respect. So many times, we, we listen, the, the scriptures in, in, in James, the scriptures and James, you need to go to James 4. You, you just need to read James 4. Um, tells us that submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Let me just go ahead and read that. Because this is, this, is, this is Sunday. This is Lord's Day. And y'all know I'm about to take my time. James 4. And I want to start it. Yeah, I want to start at the third verse. James 4 says, you ask and receive not. Because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lust. If you need salvation, receive salvation for yourself, not for others. When you're receiving something because you, you, you're asking in vain, you're asking um, just to show face. You're not, you're not, when you're asking, you're not being serious in what you're asking. You must understand that God refuses to answer the prayers of those who are selfishly ambitious love pleasure and desire honor or power or riches what you have to understand is that all of us should take note for god will not listen to our prayers if we have hearts filled with selfish desires scripture tells us god hears only the prayers of the righteous and you listen and that's backed up in scripture and y'all know that psalms 66 and 18 is one of my favorites if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not hear me. Nike says, but verily, he attended to my prayer. He's shown me mercy. So we got to thank God sometimes when he's hearing our prayers. But it's also stated in Psalms 34, 13 through 15, that he only hears the prayers of the righteous, of those who call upon him in truth. You can find that in Psalms 145 and 18. Of the genuinely repentant and humble, Luke 18, 14, and of those who ask according to his will, according to his will, even in Philippians 4, 19, but my God shall supply my every need according to his will. We've got to allow the Lord's will to be done and not our will. That's why when you're in prayer, be, be wise in what you're asking. Be sincere in what you're asking. If you want a clean heart, 
be sincere. If you want a renewed mind, be sincere. If you want to receive salvation, be sincere. If you need the Lord to heal your body, be sincere. You have to understand that God is all-knowing. He's all-seeing. He knows the inside of our hearts. Why? Because he created us. He created us. He knows us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. Sometimes we find ourselves saying, why did I do that? Now, why did you? Because there's some things that's just unexplainable that we just don't know. So you have to be careful in what you're asking for. You must be careful. So verse 4 says, ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. The word enmity means hate. Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do you think that the scripture says that in vain? The spirit that continues to dwell in us continues to lust, to envy? James said, but he continues to give more grace. Wherefore, he said, God continues to resist the proud but continues to give grace unto the humble. Humility brings healing. Humility brings deliverance. Humility brings salvation. Humility brings compassion. Humility brings joy. Humility brings peace. Humility brings understanding. Why is it that we have to be so proud why do we have to be so prideful? Why do we have to be so envy? Why is it that we can't just be humble? Why do we have to work so hard? Why do we have to kick against the bricks so much? Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, devil, you was a liar. Listen, I was talking to somebody yesterday. And I was reminded of... Jacob wrestling with the angel of the Lord. And he wrestled with this angel like all night long. How many times do we wrestle in our minds? How many times do we wrestle in our spirit? How many times do we wrestle within ourselves day by day? It's almost as if we have we know we have the enemy on one side and, and the angel on the other side, and we wrestle in our minds. We want, we want to do right, but we're not ready to humble. We're not ready to forgive. We're not ready to live for the Lord. We're not ready to do what is right. We're not ready to make things right. We're not ready to, to be nice. We're not ready to do things that are nice. We're not ready to, to do a work for the Lord. So we, we just, we just, we're just so proud. And I, and I said, to, and I said, and I began to say, um, you know, I, I think I said this on last night, um, on the on the on the, the graceful five, I said, um, sometimes I feel like I want to be like that rich man. When Jesus said, the, the man said, "Listen, you know, I give to the poor. You know, I help the homeless. Um, you know, I feed the I feed the the, the homeless. I, I clothe the naked. I'm, I'm obedient to my parents. I have a good heart. You know, you know all these things. Like I, I I'm, I'm I'm good in all these areas. And you know, he was like, you know, what what else do I need to do? And Jesus said, sell everything that you have." Sell everything that you have and follow me. The scripture said the, the rich man, paraphrase, he bowed, he loaded his head and he walked away. So he was willing to do all of that 
but he wasn't willing to, to do beyond that and to pick up his cross and to follow Jesus. That means to give up everything. And we're refusing to surrender our minds to the Lord. We're refusing to surrender our children to the Lord. We're refusing to surrender our health to the Lord. We're refusing to, to surrender our, our, our sickness, our illnesses to the Lord. We're refusing to put our children back, give our children back to God. You know, listen, Hannah said, listen, Lord have mercy. Hannah said, Lord, if you just give me a male child, I'll give him back to you. And then if Abraham was going to sacrifice his son to give back to the Lord, it's the obedience, it's the humility, it's being humble, just surrendering our anger to the Lord, surrendering our, our, our issues to the Lord. Listen, First Peter, uh, first Peter five and seven. Listen, first Peter five and seven. Listen to this. Lord, y'all better, y'all need to be writing these scriptures down and then going back and studying for yourself and not just study that scripture, but study the whole chapter of it. Learning more about Peter and, 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 and the word. But 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7 says this. Well, let me go back up. Lord, have mercy. Thank you, Jesus. Let me just go back up to, to 1. Let me just go back. Let me go up to 1 Peter 5 and 1. The elders which are among you, I exhort, who am also an elder. Peter said, I'm an elder as well. And a witness of the sufferings of Christ. And as a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. Peter said, feed the flock of God, which is among you. Taking the oversight thereof. Not by constraint, but willingly. Not for filthy lucre but of a ready mind. Peter was like, listen, don't do the work in vain. Don't do it for money. Don't do it for power. Don't do it for status. Don't do it. <coughs> Excuse me. Don't do it being greedy. He said, but of a ready mind. Be ready to help somebody in need. Be ready to, to, to feed the naked, to feed the homeless. Be ready to clothe the naked. Be ready. Have your mind ready to do the work of the Lord. <coughs> the devil, you was a liar. In Jesus' name. Listen, be ready. Be ready. Neither as being lords over God's heritage. The little L. Listen. Neither as being lords over God's heritage. Listen, you ain't nobody's boss. If you are a, if you are a parent, you will lead as the scripture tells us as a parent ought to lead. Bring up a child in the way that they should go. And when they get become older, they won't depart from the truth. They won't depart from the teaching. They won't depart from experiences. You're teaching them how to love the Lord. You're teaching them how to have faith. You're teaching them how to be humble. You're teaching them right and wrong, good and bad. You're teaching them the differences between evil and good. How are you teaching? Don't teach it as lords over God's heritage, but bring examples to the flock. Bring examples to the flock. Verse 4 says, And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory 
that continues to fade not away. Lord, help me, Jesus. Verse 5 says, Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Peter says, Yeah, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. Humility. Humility will bring silence from the suffering. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. I need to write that down. Humility. Humility brings silence. That's good to me, you all. Humility brings silence to the suffering and from the suffering. Lord, help me, Jesus. Oh, I feel my help coming on. Listen, humility brings silence to the suffering and from the suffering. You must submit yourselves unto those who have the rule over you so that you can be taught. If you, if you pray for, if you pray with humility for the spirit of discernment, for you to recognize what's good and what's evil, for you to recognize if it's lining up with the word of God, so that if you're under leadership, if you're under those who, who are, who are um, over you, you would be able to feel if it's wrong, feel if it's right. But you're only going to be able to do that when you're being humble and you're staying and continue to stay in the word of God. Listen, Bible says, likewise, ye younger, submit yourself unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God continues to rise, sorry, for God continues to resist the proud. For God continues to resist the proud and continues to give grace to the humble. Verse 6 says, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt how did I get the first Peter for? I was supposed to be reading to y'all. You know what? Because you know what? Listen, Lord help me, Jesus. I know I'm being led by the Holy Spirit. Lord, because this here is not even in my note. Oh, I know why I was here. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm telling y'all. Listen, I'm telling you all. Y'all need to, y'all need to really understand. Because, see, I was saying one thing, but I was thinking something else. But this still lines up to where um, to where the, the word is going. Lord, thank you, Jesus. Listen, let me, let me, let me. I needed to put that scripture in there. Listen. Verse 6 says, humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him. For he continues to care for you. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, continues to walk about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast 
in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while. <laughs> after that you have suffered a while. Make you perfect. Will establish you. Will strengthen you. Will settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Here verse 10. After, not before, <laughs> not before, not during, but after you have suffered a while, the God of all grace will make you perfect, will establish you, will strengthen you, will settle you. Philippians 4 and 13, I can do all things things through Christ which strengthens me Philippians 4 and 19 but my God shall supply my every need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus but are you humble enough to receive it have you suffered <laughs> have you suffered are you humble do you have the spirit of humility do you want to be strengthened? Do you want to be settled? Do you want to be established? Do you want to be perfect? What does that mean, perfect? Be perfect for your Father in heaven is perfect. What does that mean? Perfect concerning your attitude. Perfect concerning your behavior. Not your will, but God's will. What will your will be? Concerning what the, the will of the Lord shall be. What will your will be concerning the will of God? What will your will be for, 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 for God's will? For what it shall be. Listen, James 4. Lord have mercy. I, I just listen. I remember how I got there. It's so it's okay. Listen. Um verse six and James four and six. But he continues to give more grace for he has said, God continues to resist the proud, the proud, but continue to give grace unto the humble. Verse seven says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Good morning. Good morning, Brother Mo. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. It says, be afflicted. And mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord 
and he shall lift you up. So if this morning I'm saying to you, rise, get up. If I'm saying to you that resurrection brings restoration, so how do I get there? You must be humble. Jesus rose because he was humble. When he went through, he didn't complain. He didn't murmur. He, yes, he thought that the Lord had forsaken him. Yes, he wanted the cup to pass him by. But he stood. He stayed. He suffered. And because we're human, do you really believe that Jesus Christ was a human man? Do you really believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Do you really believe that he walked and taught and laid hands and delivered? What do you believe for you to get up? What do you believe for you to rise? If we talk about the woman with the issue of blood, she suffered 12 years, bleeding, hurting. Now, some of you men, y'all will never understand. Contractions of labor. Y'all will never understand the, the, the pain of menstrual cramps. Men, I got two on here. I can say you can never understand the pain of a menstrual cramp. You will never understand the pain of child labor. You won't. But men, you can understand the pain of hurt from a woman. You can understand the pain of hurt from a loss of a friend. But I still have to tell you, you it's nothing compared to contractions or menstrual cramps. I've had people say, matter of fact, I've said it. I'd rather have a headache than a throbbing toothache. So even if you had a toothache, that is never compared to menstrual cramps. So thank you, Holy Spirit. So now let me say this. Let me say it like this. Can I compare a, a throbbing toothache to menstrual cramps for, for the different, the different, the different, different, different nation? No, to different. Forget the word. Let me just say, <laughs> compare. So can we compare a toothache to menstrual cramps in a sense? Yes. Because, <laughs> because I would rather have a toothache than deal with menstrual cramps. Now, and the reason why I can say that is because now because I didn't have hard labor. I didn't. So um, people say, and I never had the epidural. I had my when I had my son. Um, I had him at I was I was seventeen. I got pregnant at sixteen. Had him when I was seventeen because I, I had just turned seventeen that December and I had him that January. So um, I walked. I guess I was homeless. I was pregnant and homeless, 
And so um, the last um, four, no. Yeah, I was homeless for like six months. Yeah, that tooth is for real, no joke. But yeah, the last six months of my pregnancy, um, I was homeless. And so me and the, the um, baby's father, and God rest his soul, he's passed on, but um, I can only tell you that I had five children, natural childbirth, no epidural. Um, I think because when I was 16, uh, when I was having him, they gave me the instructions of the epidural. And, you know, say, so go in your back. And, you know, and I didn't have any, you know, I was there by myself, of course. Um, and that's a story for another day. The the father, he, he didn't leave me, you know, at all. He was, we were together. We had three children together. Um, and so, he, let me just say this. I was 16 and he was 27. So I didn't want him to go to jail. So I decided just, I would just go through this by myself. Because I didn't want nothing. And so that's why we moved from Baltimore, Maryland and, Left because my mom was about to have him all the way in jail. You know, when you're young like that and you, uh, silly. <laughs> I can't explain it at all. But, um, anyway, moving forward, that was like a little side note. That's not even in my notes, but I, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit lead me. But anyway, I had five natural childbirth, no epidural. When they read me the instructions, and then also gave me the, the side effects and everything from it. I was like, mm, no, uh, I'm not going to do that. So um, it's funny because I was screaming and the nurse had to ask me. She said, ma'am, are you hurting? Because see, the thing about it is she was like, because I guess whatever there was monitoring or whatever, I don't know. But um, she was like, are you hurting? And I was like, well, no. She said, well, then why are you screaming? And I was like, because I'm hearing somebody else scream. She was like. Okay, you don't have to scream. I was like, oh, okay. So at that moment, I realized I wasn't really, you know, I, I, it, it, was, it was, I don't know. But so after that, because I felt like when I had my first child and I didn't need the epidural, then I didn't need it with the other ones. And what I did in that first delivery, I just continued to do, you know, in the children. So, you know, I'm, you know, listen, no pun against those who doesn't want to experience the pain, but it was in God's word that we was to endure child labor. And, you know, in doing our ancestors, they didn't have the epidural. They had 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 kids. And, you know, they lived great. Some did, some didn't, I guess. But my own, my own grandmother had eight children. So what's that tell you? So anyway, so in, in all of that, that was me saying that um, in that, we really don't understand the pain that Jesus endured on the cross. And sometimes we'll find ourselves saying, um, I know how Jesus feels. You will never understand. Mine's had like, wow, see? Yeah. <laughs> 17 kids. You just be like, dang. And here we have one and we're done. Well, not me. I have five. But I'm just saying. Some are like, you know, there's a lot of parents that has one child because of what they've endured. But in reality, you know, I don't think that any of us will ever understand the pain that Jesus had had gone through. 
and what he endured on the cross. And that's why he tells us to pick up the cross and follow him. But, the, but it also says that he, he to put those burdens on him because he's able to carry the cross. He's able to carry the things that we're not able. He's able to endure it because he he was afflicted. Good morning, Tina. He was afflicted. He did go through. We can't listen. I can stump a toe. On 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 the 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 the, the floor pulse of the bed and feel like I want to call on on the angels in heaven, but that pain only lasts for a moment. Jesus' pain lasted all night long. He endured, and he as he watched, as he watched those that said that they was his friend, as he watched Peter deny him. As he watched Judas betray him, as he watched Thomas doubt him, you know, after that, you know, some of these things took place before he, before, and then some of this took place after that, you know, and Stephen was the first one that was martyred for being a Christian. So there's a lot that we really don't understand. There's a lot that we still, some of us are still going to have to go through, but it's about, listen, it's about going through with humility. Good morning, Evangelist Jenny. It's about going through with humility, humbling yourself, and, and not making it about you. Listen, I listen, you cannot, when you are living in this world and you are standing on and for and through the word of God, you still can't make it about you. It always has to be about God and what he's trying to manifest in you. What he's trying to bring out of you. A hurt of a friend. The loss of a loved one. Yes, that hurt. But just like I said, a toothache for a man. Listen, listen, brother Mo, listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go here. Listen, this is not something that I that I have heard. I heard it in my younger years, but when I got older and I got married, honey, I, I know it to be true. A man can be hurt. And it will, listen, you have, you've got to baby him, you've got to stroke him, you've got to counsel him, you got to, to love on him, you, you got to bring him soup in the bed, you got to baby, you got to just, just stroke that ego. Oh, he can't do nothing. We want not at all. But we women, we can then and have a baby, go home take care of the baby, take care of the other kids, clean the house, wash clothes, cook dinner, then wash the dishes, put them away, lay the kids down, give them baths, make sure they're fed, make sure their homework is done, and some of us still has a job and still does it. And we ask the husband, can you bring me the phone? Oh, I'm not able to get it right now, baby. Can you uh, give me a second? Really? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. And that, now let me say this, but that's not for all men. And that's not for all women. But let me just say the majority, I'm just saying, the majority, us women who are strong-willed and who is able to drive, be on the phone, fuss with the kids <laughs> at the same time. Listen. We have just been, been made that way. The Lord has just made us that way to be able to, to take care of everything that we need to take care of because 
I, I keep telling women, you are stronger than what you give yourselves credit for. But because of the pain is so unbearable, but you have to understand it. Just because it's unbearable, it's still doable. It is. It's still doable. Amen. And so when verse 10 tells us in James 4, it tells us that humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. When the woman with the issue of blood said, I just need to, she said, I just need to get to Jesus. If I could just touch the hem of his garment. And when she did, it caused Jesus to turn around and ask, who touched me? And they was like, well, how can you tell that somebody touched you and all these people are around you? He said, because I felt my virtue leave from me. So that means somebody literally needs something that I have. And I have to make sure that I give them what they need. Lord have mercy. Thank you, Jesus. The woman with the issue of, the issue of blood, she had to go low. And when she went low, the Lord went high. And when he lifted her up, he said, your faith has made you whole. And what we have to understand is that it's our faith that makes us whole. It's our faith that heals us. It's our faith that seals us. It's our faith that delivers us. It's our faith that lifts us up. It's our faith that dries us up. And when the woman with the issue of blood, her issue was dried up. Good morning, Minister Laquanda. So you have to understand he gives more grace to the humble. And he continues to resist the proud. Those who always say, oh, I got this. Oh, yeah, I'm good. Oh, yeah, I don't need nobody. No, I don't need no thank you. I'm good. I'm all right. You need prayer? No, I don't need no prayer. You know, I, yeah, I know how to pray for myself. Yeah, I'm okay. You need $20? No, 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 I'm good. I'm waiting on this person. I'm waiting on that person. Nah, I, I don't need anything. I'm good. So you're going to suffer through all by yourself. So you've been praying for God to, to bring you $20, but it's coming from your enemy and you don't want to take it. Oh, come on, somebody. Proud. If you too good to take from a poor man, you too good to take from a hooker, you too good to take word from, from somebody that had hurt you, you too good. And honey, yes, we do. Look, I, I need this. I need prayer every day. If you can text my phone, you can input. This is how I'm praying for you. Thank you, Jesus. Because Lord knows I need the prayer. Why? Because I never want to excuse something that Jesus gave me for me to give to others. Yeah, I need y'all to hear that. Because I never, ever want to ignore something that God had either, either created or gave or prepared. He told Pete, listen, Lord have mercy, Jesus. Peter was on the roof. Y'all, listen. Peter was on the roof hungry. The Lord told him to eat something. And he was like, no. Mm -mm. I don't eat anything that's uncommon. I don't eat anything that's unclean. I'm not doing that. And the angel Lord told him three times to go ahead and eat it. Go ahead. I'm telling you to eat. Don't call what I call. Don't call nothing unclean. Something that I made, because everything I made is clean. 
Peter still didn't understand it. He didn't get it. Y'all need to go and read that story in Acts. And I believe it's Acts 10. So Cornelius, thank you Holy Spirit for his name. Cornelius had a vision. And see, Peter had a vision. Peter didn't know that his vision was for Cornelius. And Cornelius knew his vision was for Peter. See, sometimes you, you don't have to know what the other person knows, but know what God showed you. I need to say that again. You don't know what God has given to the other person, but you do know what God has given you. And both of you may not understand the knowing, but it's the healing in the knowing. It's deliverance in the knowing. It, salvation comes from the, what's in the knowing. Y'all need to read that. Cornelius and Peter. And Cornelius, when Peter, when, when Cornelius sent his men to, to get Peter, because the Lord told Cornelius that Peter had a word for him. No, Could, uh, the Lord told Cornelius that Peter had something for him and that he needed to, he needed to go to seek Peter. But Peter's vision, he didn't understand. He was a Gentile. Yes, that, Brother Mo, would you get me here running? Listen, but Peter didn't know why Cornelius was calling him. But Cornelius knew what Peter had for him. He had a vision from the Lord, and so did Peter. Now check this out. Lord, help me in this place. Listen, so... Peter says, they say, well, Peter, Cornelius is wanting to see you, blah, 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 blah. I'm, 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 moving, I'm moving more quickly. So Peter gets there, and so Cornelius bows before Peter. Somebody say humility. Listen, Cornelius bows down to Peter. Peter lifts up. Cornelius and says, you're a man just like I'm a man. I need y'all to hear me. I need y'all to hear me. And in that moment, Peter's vision made sense. Peter then realized that Cornelius was a man just like him. And it didn't matter if one was a Gentile and one was a Hebrew. It doesn't matter if one is black and one is white. It doesn't matter if one is male and one is female. It doesn't matter if one is Greek and one is Jew. It doesn't matter who's the Christian and who's the sinner. It doesn't matter when it comes to God. It's about humility. Humility. And in that moment, Peter began to recognize and realize what Jesus or the angel of the Lord was saying to him, you don't call nothing unclean that I have made, that I have created, that I have given, that I have brought, that I have sent, that I have give. And so many times we stay dead to the unknowing. No, thank you, Holy Spirit. So many times we stay dead to the knowing. And we'll live to the unknowing. We need to live to the unknowing and stay dead to the knowing. Oh, y'all catch that later. Exactly. Peter, not Cornelius, because Cornelius received salvation from Peter. 
So y'all need to y'all need to go y'all need to read that. The Holy Ghost was given to them. Hear me. They all received the Holy Ghost. All of them received the Holy Ghost. All of them. Peter had to recognize that it was God. Cornelius already had it. See, here, Lord have mercy. Cornelius received the vision that the Lord showed him. Peter, now read the scripture in Acts 10 because it says Peter doubted within himself. He struggled with that thing. He wasn't sure. Because he was, he, he, he was trying to make sense of it. But that's why, can I just go ahead and say this? But that's why, can I say, that's why Cornelius had to be given a vision too? <laughs> I need y'all to hear me. Why? Because God has to confirm his word. He has to confirm the vision. He has to confirm were two or three witnesses. Everything has to line up with the word of God. Oh, I know where I'm at. Listen, I, I'm not doubting where I'm at. I, I, I'm not doubting where I'm at. I know where I'm at. But I'm where the Lord wants me to be. I'm giving you what Lord wants you to have. I'm trying to get you all to understand Jesus rose and so can you. If Jesus rose from betrayal, you can as well. If Jesus rose from hurt, you can as well. If Jesus rose from a poor place, you can as well. If Jesus rose from people scandalizing his character you can as well but what do you believe what do you believe i read it earlier i said it earlier in isaiah whose report will you believe will you believe the report of the lord will you believe the visions that he's shown you will you believe whether it comes from an enemy whether it comes from somebody that hates you Listen, I'm reminded, Lord have mercy, I'm about to get in trouble. I'm about to get in trouble on this one. But I remember when I used to go, I, I, I remember when I was a member at Mount Moriah. Minister Laquanda, I hope you're still on here. I remember I was a member at Mount Moriah. And I had just came through a backslidden state. I need y'all to hear this. I had just came through a horrible separation from my husband. I had just came through a horrible experience from a friend. I had just now was trying to literally get my mind back together. And I was praising God. I was worshiping God. I was, I was ready. I was good. I was in that place. And it, it was in, it was during that moment, that year in 2006 is when I realized that the Lord had given me a gift. Well, let me let me say this. I realized that the Lord had given me a gift of the prophetic in my younger years. 
And because if I went through everything that I went through, and when he asked me if I was ready and I wasn't taught, be careful what you accept when the Lord speaks. And I was like, yeah, sure, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, you got I'm ready. I'm ready to do the work. I'm ready to do the will. I got him. I'm here. That was in 2004 when I said, Lord, I'm ready. And when I told the Lord in 2004 that I was ready, um, my granddad died. Then my uncle, his oldest son, died on his funeral day. And then six months later, my aunt had passed. And then I went through a major horrible separation. And then I moved out, then moved back home. Then my husband moved out and got his own apartment. And then he came. And then my children was, you know, broken and it was hurt. And, and I was about to commit suicide. And some of you heard this, you know, a few, a few, a few days ago. But in that, God was preparing me. In that, God was preparing me for my next level where he was about to push me into. But because I didn't understand it, I, I began, I was having dreams and I was having visions and the Lord was giving me things about people. And I, I wasn't, I didn't understand it because I didn't, I wasn't out there like that. Like I didn't talk to people, things that I went through, I kept to myself, you know, I was very private. But I remember one day I was at Mount Moriah and like I said, I had just came back from, from all of that horrible place that I was in and I was praising God as much, as, as much as I can. I was reading my Bible as much as I can and I was getting, you know, I was focused, I was getting it and the Lord gave me a word for someone. Now I won't say their names, but there, there's two people um, that pushed me away. From not giving the word of God. And when they pushed me away um, from giving the word of God and for giving what thus saith the Lord, it stopped me dead track. And for me saying anything to anybody else ever again. And I have to honestly say that I, I hadn't done that until um, when God started to really using me was in 2009. And I still didn't say a word to anybody. I was still holding on to these things. I was still just writing them down in my journal. You know, that's just where I was. And so then, um, literally, the Lord showed me something for someone. And because of what they have been told, and because of the, um, the, the circumstances and stuff that I was a part of, and I was trying to tell this individual what the Lord was saying, I kept saying, but... God gave me a word. God gave me a word. I need to tell her. And then the person that she was really close with was pushing me away. And it was telling me, no, you know, she ain't hearing you. She don't want to hear you. She don't have anything to say to you. And at that moment, I said to myself, but I didn't do anything to hurt her. Like, I didn't do anything to her. Like, what did I do to her? But because of who she was connected to. So again, and some of y'all have heard me say that it bothers me. When and I've never been this person, but it bothers me when um, people don't like you because of somebody else. People will come against you because of somebody else. You understand what I'm saying? And so I didn't understand it because that's not who I am. If I don't like you, I don't like you, but I love you know everybody else. I, I think that's childish. It's petty. And so in that, this needs to be told. It goes on way too right and it right clicks. And so. I, I didn't get it. So I never spoke a word to anyone else about God would show me visions. God would show me dreams. God would tell me. He would tell me what to tell somebody. And I'd be like, nope. 
I understand where because it was at that that moment of rejection that no one was going to receive from me. Period. Because of past issues, past struggles, and the thing about it is, it wasn't even my fault. Like it wasn't even me. Everything that was being spoken was a lie. Everything that was spoken was not true. Everything that was spoken was manipulated. Everything that I went through during those times was false. And because I was private and I just didn't just put my business in the street, people believed it. They believed it. They believed it. And that, good morning, Prophet Kiana. They believed it. And because they believed it, it made my, my next season of my journey with the Lord harder. So, I mean, very hard. Now, I can only imagine God is the creator of everything and, and everyone and every place and, and you know, every animal, you know, every, this whole world. He, he's given wisdom to the, to the wise. He's given wisdom to the strong. He, give, he gave wisdom to the to knowing, you know, those who are willing to do a work. But he knew that I would shut down because I struggled with people. And see, and here's the thing I'm trying to get y'all to understand. And this is, this is why people don't, this is why now I'm getting personal. This is why I see why people don't follow the true men and women of God. This is why some people don't follow true men and women of God. Those who are transparent, those who have lived those experiences, those who are willing to tell the truth without fault, telling truth without fail, telling truth without motive, telling truth without a hidden agenda. Because when it comes to the word of God and somebody's salvation, it's not coming to be, they're not coming to be petty. They're not coming to be, um, to be, um, to, to, to hidden motives, hidden agendas. They're not coming to hurt at all, but that's what they have gone through. That's what they had dealt with. And yes, you do have those that, that tend to give it what's told. Yeah, but everybody is not like that. Everybody's not like that. And I pray, y'all need to go back. And I'm going to put this in there. Y'all need to go back and read. I'm, I, I should have put this in there. But y'all need to go back to read Acts 10. I don't even know what time it is because I'm not on my laptop. Okay, so it, it's fine. Y'all know I'm, I'm going to work this thing. I'm going to walk this thing through. Y'all need to go back and understand Peter and Cornelius. Y'all need to read that. And I believe if it's not Acts 10, somebody let me know. But I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Acts 10. Let me just go see. But I'm I'm pretty sure it's Acts 10. Because I, I don't want to I don't want to steer you all wrong. And I want to make sure that I give you. Um, yes, Acts 10. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And so what happens is we find ourselves broken and in a place because we, we don't understand. You know, we don't get it. And I know I started out, Lord have mercy. Um, and like I said, I am I'm going to walk this thing through. And I had only got down to, um, I had only got down to five and 24 and five. But what I'm trying to get y'all all to understand, you are saying, you are saying what many of us have gone through and some still dealing with it. This is what runs folks away from church, quiet, truthfully, quite truthfully. And yes, away from Christ, this one, this one experience breaks the spirit. Right, right. Because, you know, uh, Evangelist Jenny, the word tells us in Thessalonians that we are not to quench the spirit. You know, we're not supposed to sit on the spirit of the Lord. We're not supposed to hold back the Holy Ghost. We're not supposed to, you know, hold what the Holy Spirit, you know, we're not supposed to, even we feel the praise on our feet, we're supposed to, to move in the spirit of God. But because of hurt and and. And, and betrayal and rejection, it causes us not to move forward. And there are just some people 
that literally doesn't understand. And so, and I think, honestly, Minister Laquanda, I, I hope you're still on here. But, and the reason why I say I hope you're still on here because, um, and I'm saying her name because if she's still on here, because she knows some of the things that I have dealt with. She's know, she knows some of the things that I've gone through. And she can, she can test that um, my broken season broke me. It did. And thinking back now and, and not doing something because of rejection, that's where people are today. When if you have a great voice and you sing, but you don't sing better than the, the minister of music. So they reject you because you don't you don't have that voice that he has, so then you never sing again. Or you have um you have a great um you, you're very creative and God has given you that gift to be creative, but it, it looks different. You 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 design different and but because the one of the ministers is better is a better creator and so they reject what you have and they go to them and so now that person never creates anything ever again in life right and so people don't understand that your gift is what makes room for you but there were there are people that are so stuck on stupid that they won't want they don't want to use the gift of somebody that is humble. They want to use the gift of somebody that has all this clout, that has all this power, not willingized. They don't want your gift, they want what you have. But God wants people to have our gifts that He has given us. He wants us to have His gift that He, that he has given us, not something that we have stole from somebody else. Not something that we have got in vain. Not something that we have taken and 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 used it to for money purposes. Those with humility will give because they have the heart of God. Those of humility will start a business from God, and then people will come through and mistreat them because of who they are, or not who they are. And y'all think it comes from these great people. Y'all think it comes from these these. The, the riches and, and, all, and no it comes from humility if you want to raise up you need humility you want to be resurrected you need humility you want to be restored you need humility so I can come from this place because I needed to be humble I needed the spirit of humility I needed the spirit of humility I, but I needed to be restored first. And everything that was in me needed to be resurrected. So nothing can be restored until it's resurrected. Nothing can be resurrected until you have humility. Until you're able to submit yourself. And resist being proud. And resist the devil from you. And resist from causing people um, rejection. You have to learn how to stand in the midst of rejection. You have to learn how to stand in the midst of others. You have to learn how to stand in the midst of being ignored. You have to learn how to stand in the midst of having your character scrutinized. You have to learn how to stand in the midst of your storm, in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of your silence. And you're only able to stand when you have the spirit of humility. When you have the spirit of humility. Listen. Luke 24. 
Lord have mercy. I had only got to verse four. Let me let me go back there. And it came to pass that they were much perplexed thereabout. Behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid, and they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third on the third day rise again. So here's here's what we have to understand. Here's what we have to understand that takes place. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men. Jesus told his disciples, you're going to be hated because they hated me first. Jesus told disciples, don't get caught up with the hypocrites. Jesus told the disciples, you're going to be offended. So when, when because I am a pastor and I am in ministry, I tell people when I offer people salvation and tell them how they need to live for the Lord, I tell them this road is going to be hard. It's so easy to live wrong. And it's so hard to live right. Verse 8 says, And they remembered his words and returned from the sepulchre and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. The eleven, because that twelfth disciple had killed himself. He hung himself. He's the one that betrayed Jesus. And so I say on today, Jesus rose and so can you. You don't have to commit suicide. You don't have to hide in a cave. You don't have to sell yourself short. You don't have to walk away. You can take a stand and those that are around you will fall off. Those that are around you that's hurting you will fall away. Those that are around you that's trying to scandalize you, the Lord will move them away from you. Humility will cause them to move on. Humility will cause you not even to entertain it. When the three Hebrew boys was about to be thrown into the fiery furnace and they had turned it up and up and up and up, the Bible said, Daniel said, the word said, that when they opened it up, the fire consumed those that were around them. Sometimes you got to allow the fire that's trying to take you out. You got to allow the Lord to be your hedge of protection. So when the hedge of protection is around you, then everybody around you will be consumed. You can rise. You can rise up. You can rise as long as you're willing to humble. Tencent. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and other women that were with them, which told these things unto the, unto, unto the, the apostles. And their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. How many times you give your testimony, nobody wants to believe it. How many times you give the word of God, and nobody wants to believe it. How many times you told the truth? And nobody wants to believe it. Then arose Peter and ran unto the sepulchre. And stooping down, he observed the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed, wandering in himself 
at that which was come to pass, Peter, still in denial. <laughs> Y'all don't hear me. Peter, you walked with Jesus. He taught, he showed, he lived. And this still said that he wondered in himself at that which was come to pass. Is it possible? Could this really have happened? Are they really healed? Are they really over it? Or are they just pretending? Have they really forgiven? Or are they just saying it to be saying it? Oh, come on. Listen. Did not Peter sit on that roof was like trying to figure out the vision? How many times we see something and we still doubt it? <laughs> Surely that's impossible. I, that doesn't make sense. Surely I'm not seeing what I'm seeing. Is this really happening? Is this, Did they really? What? I, I don't know. I I I got to I got to see it. I I I don't know. I got to I got to see it before I believe. I I don't know. Let me. I just who I, I don't know. Thirteen says, and behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs, and they talked together of all these things which had happened, and it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned. Jesus himself drew near and went with them. <laughs> Jesus is with you and you don't even know that he's there. I need y'all to hear me. Jesus is with you and you don't even realize that he's there. Jesus has gotten up on your behalf. Good morning, Providence Davis. He has gotten up on your behalf. He has came to see about you. He has came to prove you. He has came to show you. And he is in the midst of you. And you don't even recognize. Listen. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communication are these that you have one to another as you walk in our side? I've been telling y'all for the longest. That I was going to one day be betrayed by men and threw into the sinner's hands. And I was going to be crucified. But on the third day, I was going to rise. And the one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering said unto him, Are you only a stranger in Jerusalem and has not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? He, now he's telling him, so, so you've not heard. So you don't, you don't know, you don't, you don't know who Jesus is. You don't know who Jesus is. You know, you don't, you, you ain't heard about the crucifixion. You, you don't know what they did to the man on the cross. You don't know, you do you not know a man named Jesus. Do you not know that he had 12 disciples and one of them betrayed him with a kiss? Where were you? Where are you being? How do you not know all of this? Surely you heard this. And Jesus said, what things? <laughs> Jesus said, what things? What are you talking about? It's not that he didn't know. 
He sometimes wants us to say it, to bring things back to our remembrance. Remember, he said, I'm going to be leaving you, but I'm going to send back my spirit. It's going to be a comforter. It's going to be, it's going to be able to bring things back to your memory, back to your memory, bring things back to remembrance. Y'all, 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 listen, 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 listen. He said, what things? And they said unto him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, like, what do you mean? Which was a prophet, a mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Now, I'm going to stop right there for a second. I'm going to start there on 21. Now, for these things to, to be done. So, Peter was wondering in himself, could this have really come to pass? Is he, is he really still here? Is he said, on um, 22, yeah, and certain women also of our company made us astonished which were early at the sepulcher. They, they were there and realized the stone was rolled away and Jesus wasn't there. So they come running to us and then here we go over there to see for ourselves. And Peter is still in astonished moment. Like Peter's one of the disciples, but even he is wondering, is it, did this really happen? Has he, has he really rose? Like, and so, and when they found not his body, they came saying that, had also sent a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. So, I mean, if he's alive, where he at? <laughs> Listen, isn't it? Well, if it's true, show me. Mm -mm, I got to hear this for myself. So, if he's alive, we went there. Wasn't nothing there but clothes that he, that he had on. So, and certain of them, which were with us, went to the sepulcher and found it. Even so, the woman had said... But they didn't see him. But Jesus said. And what did Jesus say? Oh fools. <laughs> Listen. Jesus said. Oh fools. And slow of heart. To believe all that the prophets had spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things. And to enter into his glory. He said y'all some fools. Come on listen. Can we be real with it? How many times somebody has said something to us, we're like, man, y'all fool. Man, y'all stupid. Man, that, that's crazy. Y'all, I mean, y'all silly. Man, ain't nobody finna believe all that. Man, y'all, whatever. Come on, we, I gotta go. Because y'all y'all playing all the games right now. Ain't nobody got time for that. Uh, mm -mm. That's what Jesus was saying. That's what we say. And Jesus turned around and said, what's wrong with y'all? I done been with y'all this whole time. Since I was 12 years old, my message didn't change. The healing didn't change. My words didn't change. I didn't change. I have been telling y'all this from day one. And I've been telling y'all I'm going to be an entrepreneur. I've been telling y'all my life is going to change. I'm going to get, listen, I've been saying since 1990 that I have been trying to leave Tennessee. Now, it might not have been on my time and not my, it might not have been on my husband's time. 
And I felt like God was just out of time. <laughs> and I didn't believe. I literally believed I was never going to get out of Tennessee. Because I had been there 33. Oh, my God. Oh, my Lord. Was Jesus 33 years old? I'm going to have to look into that. Somebody help me out. Somebody to let me know. Because if Jesus was 33, and I spent 33 years in Tennessee, <laughs> listen, I'm just saying, I don't know, but I know I was there longer than what I wanted to be there. But guess what? I'm in Columbia, South Carolina. So look, 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 look. Y'all listen, I'm about to run. Lord, help me in this place. Lord Jesus. Mm, 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 mm. Minister Laquanda. <laughs> Man, okay, I gotta listen. Okay, let me let me stay focused. Let me stay focused. It does not matter how long something takes. You cannot give up on what you believe. Me too. Because see, I always believed that I was not supposed to be in Tennessee. I always believed that I was only there for a purpose, but not to stay, stay. I always believed that my auntie was sick she taught me understand. I want to go back to California because I'm see you got to think of Baltimore, Maryland, California, and Knoxville, Tennessee. To me, and even then, remembering back, I told my auntie this is a dead place. There's nothing to do here. But I said that as a sinner because I was going to the clubs, I was drinking, I was having fun, I was hanging out, I was partying. I was living my best life, literally. And Knoxville just wasn't it. They didn't have, I mean, it was just a lame city. I, yes, it was a great place to raise my children because it was slow. Yes, the purpose is over relocate. That's it. And that's my, but see, my story is not your story. Your story is not our story, but Jesus' story is for all of us. But we have to recognize that even those who we are connected to may not have the same vision, but the same purpose. Peter and Cornelius. Jesus and his disciples. You, you have to understand for yourselves where you are, but even where you are, you don't stop working, you don't stop living, you don't stop believing, you don't stop receiving, you don't stop giving, you don't stop working, you don't stop speaking, you don't stop talking, you don't stop doing the work of the Lord, no matter what the work is. It's not, it's just not for your purpose, but it's for God's plan, for someone else's purpose. People think, this is what I'm saying, 
You have got to come out of your flesh. You have got to see Jesus through his spirit and through the spirit that he has placed in you. Romans 12 and 1 tells us to, we have to have the renewing of our minds. We have to be transformed. We have to be reborn again. And we come through, and I, I believe I get it now. Lord Jesus, I get it. My husband said all the time, how can you get anything in a one hour of power, in a 15-minute word, in a 20-second outcome? How? How can you really experience the presence of God in a short moment? But you can have the spirit of God in a short moment and have a lifetime of goodness with his word, with his present presence. When will we really understand that it's never about you, but God makes it about you because of him? When? Peter's, when Judas's, when Thomas's, when Matthew's, when Luke's, when John's, when's Mary Magdalene, when, when the multitude of people, when, when Hezekiah's, when David's, when Nathan's, when Hannah's, when. When? James, when? When Joseph, when Jacob, when Israel, when? These are people that walked with Jesus and still found themselves doubting because that's purpose. Sometimes in your doubt, it's still purpose. Sometimes in your unbelieving, it's still purpose. Sometimes in your struggle, it's still purpose. Sometimes in bad relationships, it's still purpose. Why? Because I said this, this earlier this morning, Romans chapter 8. You are more than conquerors. But nothing should separate you from the love of God. Nothing. If God is for you, then who can be against you? No one. If the words that I gave you earlier, no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Lord, help me, Jesus. So, yeah, I've been a fool. Good morning, Lady Edana. Yeah, I've been a fool. Jesus said, oh, fools and slow of heart. Yeah, I've been slow of heart. Yeah, I've been a fool. Can you admit you've been a fool? Can you admit you should have believed? Could, can you admit that you should have known? What can you admit that what you should have known or knew better? So, yeah, <laughs> I was... I was a fool. Because yeah, and some of the things in my life, yeah, I should have known better. 
Good morning, Pablis Kiana. Yeah, we, we, sh we should have known better. I had to realize to stop listening to man because of the rejection that I received when I was at Mount Moriah, when I was going to give a word to someone and they did not want to receive the word from me because of what they had heard. Because of what they had heard wrong. They didn't see it. They just heard it. God called me to move in the prophetic in the year 2000. And I didn't understand it until 2006. And then I tried to give the word in 2006 because now I, I, I believe it. And now I'm receiving it. And now I'm trying to walk in it. But God doesn't want you to be the famous. He doesn't want you to be popular. He doesn't want you to be liked. Because when you are liked and when you are loved and when you are appreciated, you won't receive true humility. You'll make it about you and not about God. And that's the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So help us, God. Think about it when God gives us a gift and we begin to use it. We become ministers. Let me thank you, Holy Spirit. Let me use me as an example. I become a minister and now I want to preach everywhere. I want to, I want to, I'm so, I'm so full. I'm so, and now I want to, I want to, I do, I want to go across the world and serve everybody. But now, but I'm not making it about God. I'm making it about me because I'm now happy. But then later on, I learned in life, somebody telling me, yeah, you know word, but you're immature. Yeah, that was told to me in, in, in the prophetic. Yeah, I was mad about that thing. But then I had to go back and apologize to the man of God. And, and I, I, I listen, and listen, Elder Ferris Long, I say his name. I put it out there. He sure did. I didn't know him like that. He didn't know me like that. But it, I never forget we were at a, we was at a church service. He didn't know me. He, at that time, he didn't know me. He, he, he might have knew of me. But he didn't, he didn't know me. But we was out of service, judging the message instead of receiving the message. Listen, you need to tag me in that. You need to write that moment. You need to tag me in that right there. You need to tag me in that right there. That's how you, you need to tag me in that. Because that, that's real. That's real. Because that, that's, that's, that's real. That's me. I need y'all to hear me. Some of y'all know Elder Ferris Long. But he sure did. That boy, that, that brother, listen. I, as I was, I was praying. I went, I went for ox call. I went for prayer. He didn't know what I was dealing with. Nobody knew what I was dealing with. Nobody knew nothing, nothing, nothing. He went up and said, "The Lord want me to tell you that yeah, you know word, but you're immature concerning the word." He said, "Listen, y'all know how y'all do when y'all hear something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know you would be right." <laughs> Yes, yes, it was, man. Listen, listen. Yep, yep, that exact. Come on, miss. I think, that's why I thank God for two to three witnesses. That thing messed me. Boy, I was mad. I was angry. I said, that brother, boy, listen. And listen, that thing messed me up. And, and some of you probably say, well, what does that mean? How can you, how can you know your word? You know scripture. Listen, when the Lord filled me up in 2006, he filled this word in me. I even, I shocked myself sometimes when I just know something. It's the spirit of the Lord. But he spoke that thing. Listen, I went back to my seat. Man, I was angry. 
I was ticked off. How dare you tell me that I'm immature? And and cause can I be real with y'all? Can I tell you what I really said? Can I can I say it? Nah, I ain't gonna say I ain't gonna do that. Listen, I, I dropped that N-word quick. That don't know me. <laughs> I'm just saying. Boy, yes, yeah, I was pissed off. Excuse me for saying the word. I was ticked off. Like I was livid. And not just for days. That I'm telling y'all, man, that thing messed me up. Cause I'm like, you don't know me. I ain't and I kid y'all, let me tell you what I did. I said, okay, God, I need this thing is taking a toll of me. That, <laughs> that's it. That's what I said. That's what I said, Lord. That's what I said. Oh, that's what I said. I wish he was hard because he could say, oh, that's what I said. Well, Miss Lamont, I just told you that's what I said. So I, I, I never forget. It was it bothered me so bad. Like it, that it was conviction. I was mad because when it pricked me, I soon realized it was conviction. Because I because when you know when you know what you're doing, people say, "Well, maybe they didn't know." You you know you know when you got an attitude. You know when you're doing something wrong. You know when you're being petty. You know who you are. You know. And so I never forget. I went down. I was praying. I said, "Lord." I said, this thing is really bothering me. I said, but if you give me another opportunity, I said, I, I, I need to apologize. And, and, you know, I never, I didn't say anything about him against him or any of that. Because, like I said, I didn't know them. He didn't know me. It is what it is. But I prayed the press. and said, well, Lord, if you give me another opportunity to see him, I, I, I will apologize. And, Lord God, I accept it. And so I didn't realize my attitude had to change. My behavior had to change. You know, I was still giving word, but I still had attitude. I still had a bad attitude. And, you know, and I still, and I needed to be, de be delivered from that attitude. And, and, and it was really bad when I was like, oh, y'all going to hell. Because then I thought, I thought that I was now better than anybody else. Like, I, I'm telling you, listen, let me say, let me stay focused. Let me stay focused. Let me stay focused. Listen, so in that, when I said I was that fool, because it's like, I thought because I knew the word. And y'all didn't. I was better than you. I was greater than you. Holier than thou than you. And the Lord had to show me humility. He did. He had to show me humility. People that know me in my past know that I was a horrible person. Literally. Arrogant. Conceited. And then I just, just downplayed. Like, I'm not conceited. I'm just convinced. Right? So, right. No. <laughs> and so, I know. And people are like, that's, that's, that's her? Like, really? I don't say that from you. Cause God brought about a change, Amen. So now I'm I'm I, I'm very slow to speak. I'm not quick to cuss you out. <laughs> I'm very slow in moving. I'm not quick to drive to your house. So you know I'm I'm just I'm just saying. So I never forget. Three months later, my husband and I was at a service um, over at uh, Pastor Jefferson's church, and uh, he was there. And I and, and and immediately I was like, man, there's that, and the Lord, and I literally the Lord said, you asked me to give you another opportunity, and I and, and immediately I remembered at that moment. See, when you have, when you truly won't change and you truly want to to be different for God and you truly want to you, you, you know them prayers you are praying and you sincere in them prayers, the Holy Spirit will always bring it back. It doesn't even matter when you start feeling ill in the beginning. The Holy Spirit will convict you. Yeah, the Lord had you covered. But yes, listen.
Brother Mo, you really don't have an idea. <laughs> you really don't have an idea. But I but look, so even me, I say, listen, since Holloway, <laughs> yeah, the Holy Ghost is he got you. And so I, I called him, I said, excuse me, um, uh, at that time, I think he was just a minister. He wasn't an elder yet. I, I think I just called him Brother Long. I said, excuse me, sir. I said, Brother Long, listen. I said, I need to apologize to you. I said, because a while back, you have, um, well, the Lord used you to speak to me, and you told me, well, the Spirit of the Lord used you to tell me that I was, um, that I knew word, but I, I was immature concerning the word. And I was angry with you. And I told him, I said, I was angry with you. And I said, it, it ticked me off. Like, I was like angry. And you know, and when, even when he said, I know, and I was like, you know, he said, because your, he said, your spirit shifted. I need y'all to hear me. He said, your spirit shifted. He said, but I believe that the Lord wants you to understand that every word sometimes will not be a good word. And God brings judgment to his word for his people. And so I thought to myself, okay, all right. But he said, you know, he received my forgiveness. You know, well, he accepted my apology. And, you know, and, you know, he said, you know, my, he said my, and he, he said, he said, you know, my job is a very hard job, especially when you are, you know, you're probably before the Lord and you have to give what the Lord says. And so even saying in that, then I'm reminded again, the rejection that I received in 2006. And so people really need to understand that seeds are real. And if you're, and if you're, and if, and if the right, if the wrong seed is sold into your heart, it's a wrap until you're able to literally receive that conviction of correction. So if you're not willing to receive the conviction of correction, then when correction comes, you won't walk in restoration. You won't walk in deliverance. You'll hold on to that thing and that thing will mess you up. And that's why Jesus said, that's why he told him, he said, oh, fools are slow of heart. That's why, because we really don't recognize and we really refuse to realize what's bad for us is good for us. But we think what's good for us is bad. No, what's bad for us is good for us. What do I mean by that? Because if Romans tells us that all things work together for, for to those all things work together for, for, for good for those that love the Lord according and call to his purpose. It's purpose. It's supposed to be. That's what it is. And until you receive truth, Jesus said, hear the truth, walk in the truth, do the truth. We won't do the truth. We won't do the truth because we won't receive the truth. Knowing that the truth shall make you free and free indeed. But when you don't put yourself in positions concerning your conditions, you stay broken. So until you allow those things to be resurrected, it won't bring restoration. It won't bring healing. It won't bring deliverance. So you stay dead to those things and to those people because you refuse to receive conviction and correction. 
because of the truth that's coming. So then when you hear it, yeah, you're going to get a little testy. But see, 1 John 4 and 1 says, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits and see if they are of God. So even when he spoke that, at that moment, I didn't, I didn't seek the Lord. I was seeking my emotions. I was mad about that thing. How dare you tell me I know my word, but then you want to tell me that I'm immature concerning my word. You don't even know me. But that, but see, that's flesh. That's what rises up first when we heard, when we hear something that don't make sense. And tell, instead of us trying to try the spirit and see if it is of God and see if it is truth, we kick against it. So those three months of me holding on to that, I missed out on some door openings because of my flesh, my attitude, my way of thinking. Because if I truly had it, then that would, that would have not been the word that I received. But it was for purpose. Because of humility. Listen. Listen. And Jesus would... Uh, Luke went on to say, and beginning at Moses unto all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village, whether they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us. Lord have mercy. What? Yes. And they drew nigh unto the village, and whether they went, and he made us though, he would have gone further, but they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is far spent. And he went into turn with them. Listen, sometimes you got to hold on to God, constrain him, keep him with you. Don't leave the house without him. Yes, God is everywhere. But is he where you want? Is he where he needs to be with you? God is everywhere, but is he with you where you are, where you need to be? You have to understand that this life or this, this world we call life, it is a struggle. When you hear people say, honey, life is good to me. Okay. Now tell me why life is good to you. Let's have a dialogue. Let's talk about it. Because right now, I feel like my life is all over the place. So what is it that you're doing? What is it that, that you have going on that your life is good and I'm over here struggling? What, what you got going on? How can my life be like yours? How can my life be better? But then if they begin to talk about things that's not of the word, then you must say to them, how can your life be good without Jesus? How can your life be with how can your life be good without God? How can your life be good without the word of God? How? Because son, listen, I, I'm struggling. And if you're telling me all the bad things that you were doing that I know that's not in the word of God, then you your life is really not good. But now if your life is good and you have Jesus and you telling me that He is the water of life and He is the He is the Lamb of God and He He will He's the peace. He's a peacemaker, and you can tell me 
that you got to trust him even in your struggle. And you can give me word to say many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God continues to deliver me out of all of them. So when I begin to go through, I just call on the name of Jesus. When I begin to feel sad, I just call on the name of Jesus. When I begin to feel like I'm about to lose hope, I just call on the name of Jesus. And he puts a smile upon my face and he begins to tell me that everything is going to be okay. And he begins to tell me that no matter where you are and what you got going on, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And now, if I'm that person that is like, and you still happy through all those struggles, and you following the word of God, I need to be connected to you. Show me how to hold on. Teach me what I need to do. We have to be able to discern what's God and what isn't. What's the Lord and what's not. If this is what I need, and tell me what I don't need. We have to be able to differentiate. Yes, I said the word. We need to be able to differentiate the good from the bad, the right from the wrong, a fool from wisdom. Listen, hold on to Jesus as long as you can, because see, there's going to come a time we still got to face judgment. 30 says, and it came to pass as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and break and gave to them and their eyes were open and they knew him and he vanished out of their sight at that moment at that moment when you have a vision and you don't understand it the Lord knows your heart the Lord knows your heart he knows. So he will always bring someone or something to remind you, I'm still here. I'm still near. But you have to be in a place to see and know that it's God. Fasting and praying, receiving the spirit of the Holy Ghost. 32 says, and they said one to another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scripture? Listen, they begin to say, did we not feel the presence of the Lord? Did we not know that was him this whole time? Did we not, did we not did he, he spoke scripture, he spoke word. How do we not? He says, and they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them saying, the Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to Simon. Jesus appeared to Peter and, and Peter was one of the ones that wondered in his heart, that wondered in his mind, could this really be? And 36 said, and as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said unto them, peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit. Now, what does this right here remind you of? When they were on the boat and Jesus was in the hinder part of the boat 
He was laid at the bottom, bottom, bottom of the boat. He was sleeping. And they were on the boat. And the waves were beating up against the boat. And the, the water was coming in. And they thought they was going to die. And then they was afraid. And Jesus had to come and say, uh, peace be still. Right? Then there was another time. They were on the boat. And Peter, they was looking out in the water. And they began to be, be afraid. And it was like, as a spirit. And Peter recognized it was the Lord. He said, he said, Lord, bid me to come. And he began to walk on water. But what happened? The storm came. And Jesus said to him, as Peter was sinking, where did your faith fail? And Peter said, while he was sinking, Jesus saved me. And Jesus was still lifting down his hand to pour Peter up. They had to walk back. They had to either walk back to the ship, walk to the other side. So sometimes the storms of life is going to cause us not to have peace. It's going to cause us not to have joy. It's going to cause us not to have or feel like there's, there's no one with us. But Jesus is always with you. You have to wake up. You have to open your eyes. You have to open your ears. Jesus said in Revelations, those that have an ear, let him continue to hear what thus saith the Lord. But are you woke? Are you listening? How are you seeing? And Jesus said to them, why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? He said, observe this, my hands and my feet, that it is I myself handle me and see me. For a spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have. Somebody needs to say, Lord, let me handle you. <laughs> Lord, 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 let me, let me handle you. Somebody need to say that. Somebody need to just follow me right there in that comment. Lord, let me handle you. <laughs> Lord, let me handle you. Jesus is telling us, you can handle me. Good God Almighty. The Lord is saying, you can handle me, touch me, observe me, look at me, Jesus. And when Jesus spoke that, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said it to them, have you here any meat? Paul said, when you are babes in Christ, I'm going to paraphrase it, but I'm going to say it like this. Paul said, if you don't have, if you still own that milk, you a babe in Christ, you, you take the milk. But when you become mature, it's now time to chew that meat and spit that bone out. Jesus said, do you have no meat? Do you have no substance? Do you have no faith? Do you have no... 
wrong with y'all? Hey, Lady Lady Robinson, what is it? Jesus said, have you, heard, have you here any meat? And they gave him a piece of a broiled fish and of a honeycomb. And he took it and did eat before them. And he said unto them, these are my words, which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. If Jesus rose, you can too. You can rise from whatever situation that you were in. Jesus is the example. As I read earlier in Isaiah 53 and 54, he was our example. He gave scripture. He gave word. He gave himself. He gave himself. 45 says, then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. How can you understand the scriptures if you're not reading them? How can you understand the scriptures if you're not sitting with those who can give you wisdom, knowledge, and understanding? God says, I send you pastors after my own heart. Lord, help me, Jesus. 46 says, and said unto them, this is what Jesus said. This it is written, and this is behold Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my father upon you but tarry you in the city of Jerusalem until you be endured with power from on high he says stay right here hear me stay right here until you are endued with power from on high he said in 50 it says and he led them out as far as to Bethany and he lift up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. Amen. Now listen, Lord Jesus, help me find this scripture. Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10. Okay, maybe it's not. Ah, it is. Hebrews. Hebrews 10. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hebrews 10. Okay. Hebrews chapter 10. And I'm going to read starting at the 23rd verse. And this is for all those people who say, 
I don't need to be in the house of the Lord. I don't need to be around other people. I can do this on my own. I'm still talking about humility. Because the only way that you're going to receive this, if you humble yourself, therefore, before God. If you humble yourself and pray. If you humble yourself and seek God. If you humble yourself and turn from your wicked ways. If you humble yourself. Listen. Hebrews chapter 10, 23, 24, and 25 says this. Let us hold fast the profession of our hope without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. But exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. 26 says, for if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there continues to remain no more sacrifice for sins. You have to understand that the author of Hebrews here speaks of the falling away from Christ about which he wanted his readers to understand that you must assemble yourselves together. You must provoke yourselves one to another with love. But how can you do that if you're just by yourself? There's no more sacrifice for sin. This is your only chance. Your only hope of doing it and continue to do it daily, every day. Trying your best to live your best life. You have to understand that you can have, listen, y'all know I love T.I. Y'all, y'all, y'all already know that I love T.I. And I, and I love when he say, you can have, and I say, you can have whatever you like. Because you can. Because the Lord will bless you. Romans said, Paul said in Romans, shall we, shall we, shall we, shall we continue to abide in sin? God forbid. God forbid. You were here. Well, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. So we could just go on. Yeah, Mr. Quan, you know. You could just go on and live what you just live how you want to live. He has already forgiven us. No. No, 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 no. If that was the case, then this right here would not be anything. It wouldn't mean nothing. But his word means everything. And I know some no, let me see. Listen. I I I listen. You have to understand that you have to understand that Hebrews 10 and 31 says it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But for me to encourage you so that you can Persevere in your faith. 32 says, but call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of afflictions. Partly, whilst ye were made a gazing stock both by reproaches and afflictions. And partly, whilst ye became companions of them that were so used. 
For he had compassion of me in my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourself that you have in heaven a better and an enduring substance. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For here's this word again. For yet a little while, and he shall come, will come, and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, if any man back up, if any man <laughs> backslide, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the swing of the soul. How is your soul swinging? Lord have mercy. How? How is your soul swinging? That, that right there. How is your soul swinging? How is your soul swinging? But listen, I know what it says. It says, believe to the, it says, but of them that draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. I know what that said. But I'm asking you, how is your soul swinging? How is your soul swinging? Is you, is you swinging for your soul to be saved? Are you swinging to have your soul saved? Are you praying every day? Are you building your faith every day? Do you want to receive the promises of the Lord? Are you the just? That's living by his faith. Listen. Listen. Listen to this. Physical restoration is an act of bringing someone back to a normal and best position. Spiritual restoration is an inner restoration, a spirit-filled and felt restoration, a process of rebuilding, a process of rebuilding those that are weak in the spiritual life. It is a rehabilitation of those that have backslidden in Christ. Good morning, Evangelist Tina. So good to see you on here. So for something to be restored, then it must have previously died or been destroyed or wasted away. Jesus is the only one who can restore everything back. He will not only restore it to the level it was, but he will restore your life to a level you never dreamed possible. So in order for resurrection to bring restoration, you need repentance. And forgiveness so that you can receive healing and deliverance and complete salvation. We can't doubt like Thomas.
Thomas 20, John 20, 24, but Thomas, one of the 12, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. Sometimes Jesus won't be with you when others come. Sometimes people won't be with you when others come. And I know what I said. Sometimes Jesus won't be with you when others come. Because we would say it. Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you and he won't. But when you backslide. The Holy Spirit doesn't dwell in an unclean body. Temple. Your temple belongs to the Lord. Your body was bought with a price. When Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. Amen. So this is the last part of the message. For resurrection brings restoration, but you can't doubt it. You can't doubt. You must believe that Jesus is the son of God. You must believe that he died for your sin. You must believe that he is who he is. You must believe that he's the son of God. You must believe that he is a healer and a deliverer. You must believe that he is the savior of this world. That he's the savior of your body. He's a savior of your spirit. He's a savior of your mind. He's a savior of your thoughts. He's a savior of your heart. He's a savior of every part of your body, of your being. He's a savior. He wants to deliver you. He wants to bring you salvation. He wants to restore everything back to you that you have lost. That's, that, that, you, that you think that is dead. He wants to restore your joy. He wants to restore your peace. He wants to restore you. But what will you believe? When I said earlier, Jesus told his disciples, handle me. Handle me. Touch me. Come to me. <laughs> Excuse me. Bless me. That's what you have to understand of the resurrection brings restoration. He lived, he died, he rose. And you can live to die, to rise again with him in heaven. But what are you willing to surrender? What are you willing to let go of? What are you willing to hold on to? How are you willing to live, to live again, to be reborn again? 25 says, the other disciples therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. How many times have we said it? Until I can see it, then I'll believe it. Until I can touch it, I, I'll believe it. Until I can know it for myself, I, will, I believe it. And we, me, that is saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, fire baptized, living on the Lord's side, have a made up mind to continue to serve the Lord through struggle, through issues, through life, I'm the living testimony. I'm the living testimony. I'm a witness to what he can do for you. How he can hold you. How he can reshape you. Recreate you. How you can be reborn again. 
Now you can really truly receive the love of Christ in spite of how others have rejected you, in spite of how others is treating you, in spite of all of that, you can still stand on the word of God and draw nigh to him because he wants you to handle him. And on, a, on verse 26, it said, and after eight days again, his disciples were within and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus. Well, how many of you know that the, the number eight is new beginnings? Seven is the number of completion. Eight is new beginnings. Today is a new beginning. Today is new mercy. Today receive grace. Today receive salvation. Today re receive the newness of the Holy Spirit. Today receive the Holy Gift, the Holy Spirit, the, the, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of, of, of discernment. Whatever that you need from the Lord, receive it today. Today is new. Yesterday is gone. Tomorrow, it's not even promised. But what will you do for today? What can you do today? How? What changes can be brought on today? Thomas? And Thomas with them, then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Peace be unto you. The Lord wants you to have peace to be upon you, to be in you, to be on you, to be upon you. But he's giving you the power and the authority through the words that comes out of your mouth. Where Proverbs, Proverbs 18 and 21 tells us death and life lies in the power of the tongue. You have the power and the authority through the blood of Christ, through Jesus Christ, through God the Father, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, and the angels of the Lord. You have to speak peace, to bring peace, to have peace. But Jesus said to Thomas, because Jesus heard their conversation, because he hears what's in the heart. He hears what's in the heart. And he said to Thomas, come here, Thomas, reach right here with your finger and observe my hands and reach here your hand and, and thrust it, put it right here into my side and be not faithless. But believing, I say to you all on today, touch the hem of Jesus' garment. Touch the nail in his hand. Touch the nail on his feet. Touch his side. Handle him. Touch him. Receive him. Without, and, 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 and don't do it. Don't be faithless, but receive faith more and believe what you are feeling. <laughs> believe what you are handling. Believe what you are seeing. Believe what you are hearing. And Thomas answered and said, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said to Thomas, because you have seen me and you have believed, Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. 
have faith and believe. Fast and pray. Repent, be restored. Be healed, receive salvation. Have Jesus receive God the Father. Because Jesus says no one gets to the Father but through him. You've got to go through Jesus Christ to get to God, his, to God the Father. To God his Father. How do I go through Jesus to get to the Father? Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. Jesus Christ, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I, I want to believe. I want to have faith. I want to receive. Please forgive me for not receiving, for not seeing as I should, for not speaking as I ought. Creating me a clean heart and renew the right spirit within me. Allow my mind to be transformed. The renewing of my mind needs to be transformed. My mind needs to be renewed. Lord have mercy. Thank you, Jesus. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that believing you might have life through his name. Do you want life through the name Jesus Christ? Then you must drink the, the water of life. You must read the word of God. And you must have faith and believe in what you're getting and what you're receiving. Even... You may have doubt. The man, Jesus said, do you not believe? He said, Jesus, I do believe, but help me in my unbelief. Humility. Being honest with yourself and where you are. Resurrection brings restoration. That's just the beginning. Because you must believe and you must have faith. And you must repent of your sins. You must ask for forgiveness and you cannot hold in your heart unforgiveness for anyone. Because the word tells us if you're not able to forgive, then God, the father in heaven is not able to forgive you. And you need forgiveness. You need restoration. You need salvation. You need Jesus Christ in your life through his name. Amen. Amen. So I thank you all for tuning in on this morning to this miraculous Easter Sunday message. And Lord knows I pray that even in the testaments that I have given to you, have encouraged you and have blessed you. But I thank God for the Holy Spirit bringing back my remembrance and where my rejection became First, my first rejection of doing a work for him from others that was being led by gossip and scandal and misunderstanding. But through all of that, I can now say that I'm no longer hold to that. That now I have the boldness of the Holy Spirit. Good morning, April. Good morning, best friend. 
I now have the spirit of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God, the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I am free from that bondage. I am, those chains no longer hold me, but I use it as a testament for someone that's going to come through, that's going to come behind me, that I may come in contact with that needs to understand the sufferings just for a little while. For Jesus' sake, his name's sake, for heaven's sake, for kingdom's sake. Amen. So remember, you must assemble yourselves together with other believers. When you're strong, you be strong for them. When you're weak, you let someone be strong for you. Galatians 6 and 1 says, when your brother is overtaken in a fault, you would say that you are spiritual or to restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, lest thou also be tempted. Amen. So God bless you all. Um, I, I don't apologize for my testimony. I don't apologize for the word of God. And I don't apologize for the time spent because it's all God. And I give him glory and honor and praise. And I will continue to worship him in spirit and in truth because he called me from a dark place. He called me from out of sin. And every day is new mercies. Amen. So know that I love you and God loves you more. Go back and watch this if you will. Share this message with others to let them know that Easter is about the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ so that they will know that he rose and they can too. Amen. Amen. If it's God's will, I'll be back here again next Sunday at 830. Thank you. I love you too, Evangelist Jenny. Know that I'm continuing to pray for you and you continue to stay the course. I love you all. I got to go. I got to go to my sisters. We're leaving back to Columbia today. So there's some other things that we got to do. Oh, yeah, get in the bathroom. Okay, I'm in the bathroom. My husband got to use the bathroom and I keep talking. So, <laughs> so I love y'all, but I got to go because I, I didn't want to wake nobody up this morning. So I came to the bathroom, but I love y'all. God bless you. Continue to pray for me as I continue to pray for you.